As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Thursday night, I was cooking some beef when these two little puppies came over to me, staring me down in disbelief. Looked me dead in the eye, said, give me the beef. One, we want the beef. Two, so give give me me the beef. beef. Three, we're being real sweet. Four, so give me the beef. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, or as Dave DeFore likes to call it, the Athletic Podcast Universe, the APU. I like that, Dave DeFore. It's Tuesday, February 9th, not February 4th, Dave DeFore. I'm J.E. Skeets, (laughs) rolling this morning with the Bass Master, ripping them lips, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey, yo. yo, we got the international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lee last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Please like and comment and subscribe and share. Let's defeat the algorithm. Let's get to 30,000 subs. By the end of the today, I'm getting tired of saying that, actually. And uh, I'm going to make a bit of a threat. No Uh-oh. NBA happy hour unless we're at 30,000 subs. You heard me. Whoa, you heard whoa. me. I'm sorry. I played, tried to play nice. Uh, and we're, we're still not at 30,000 subs. So, you know, I, yeah, I, got, I got a parent hard here. If we don't get to 30K, then we're not going to have an NBA happy hour on Thursday night. It's, it's as simple as that. So let's get there. Let's just do it today. Uh, we're Harsh stuff. Away. People yeah. in the stream team are saying, who is the Thanos of the athletic podcast universe? Skeets, sounds like you're the Thanos right now. You're ready to just snap and take away happy hour like that. That's right. That's right. So let's do it. We're like 200 subscribers away. I mean, some of you in the stream team probably know 200 people that are not subscribed to us. We don't care if they watch the show. Just have them subscribe for crying out loud. Um, email us your questions and comments for tomorrow's Beach Step and Podcast. Email them in com and new immaculate items as you see us wearing some of us at least available at nodunks.com yeah i got the we the no dunks hoodie i saw trey's got the uh yeah the bay area no dunk shirt quality items here guys so go grab these again at nodunks.com okay we're gonna uh we're gonna get to a lot of games we won't get to every game from last night um so if we missed your team if we missed your game chances are tass already addressed it 
on what you need to know. So go check that out in your podcast feed or on YouTube, of course. But five games, one thing. Then we'll do a little up-down later, guys. First one, though. LaMelo Ball and the Hornets use a strong fourth quarter to beat the Rockets. 119-94. Yeah, Lily rocking a Charlotte uh, t-shirt there. I'll get us started with this one because it's not the biggest takeaway. We'll get to LaMelo in a second. But we did have... Wedgie number 19 on the year, and man, we had the Hornets broadcast duo of Eric Collins and Del Curry on it. Let's hear from them. Ten minutes uninterrupted, so's Boogie Cousins. Wow, fastball right at the shoe tops. Nwaba and threw a wedgie. That was just a stilted offensive possession. No way that ball's going in. It hit the net on the way to Nwaba, and then it ended up around his shoelaces, and he clotheslined it. To a wedgie. Yeah. Oh, love <laughs> yeah. it. Man. The wedgie reference, the fastball reference, the clothesline reference. I love it all. So, yes. Wedgie number 19. That was a bit of a weird one there last night, actually. I don't know. if the, Was the ball tipped at all, you think, there, Lili? Was it possibly uh, blocked into a wedgie on a three-point shot? I couldn't really, I guess really it's, tell. I guess it's possible because it was a stilted possession, as they said on the uh, on the broadcast. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, they all count. That was a live, clean wedgie. No dispute over that one. That's, uh, that's no. counting on the board. <laughs> live and clean. They come in bunches, <laughs> as we always say. And we are now at 19. And uh, what did that graphic say? We're on pace for like, uh, I don't know, like 61. 61? My yeah. goodness. My goodness. Oh, yes. 60, oh 63. Oh, let's just round up. Yeah. Call it 63. Oh, yeah. Okay, look, if we get to 100 wedgies this season, I'll eat a basketball. I <laughs> cool. All right. Cool. Lock it in. I'll take down that leather. No problem. Uh, so, yeah, we got the wedgie. But the story from this one, uh, Lily, tell me if I'm wrong, LaMelo Ball. I mean, incredible game. Uh, he became the third rookie joining Steph Curry and Jason Kidd to hit seven threes and have 10-plus assists in the same game. He's on fire from distance, 21 of 40 uh, over his last six games from behind the arc. It's not the prettiest shot, but it doesn't matter, Lily, if it goes in. I mean, he shoots it from his chest, right? It's not, you know, it's not the... Uh, he is not a beautiful shooter of the basketball. <laughs> that is correct. He is but, not a beautiful but he, shooter. But he's on fire right now. Um, he is not only on fire, but the Hornets are must-watch TV when he's out on the court because mm-hmm. it's not just the shooting. It's the highlight reel passes that he's making from the other end of the court. He's often lining up a guy. If it's P.J. Washington or Cody Zeller, he hit both of those guys with some beautiful passes last night. But there is actual substance behind what he's doing out there. It's mm-hmm. not just like he's putting up numbers on a team that's struggling or he's getting it in garbage time or doing it against bad teams. He is a legit, I mean, star so far. So far, I'm trying to get not too not too hyperbolic here. I mean, he's not going to make the All-Star game or anything like that, but he is already leaps and bounds ahead of where I think any of us thought he was going to be at this stage of his career. There was absolutely reason to be questioning whether or not he was even NBA ready and and whether those numbers he was putting up in Australia's NBL about a year ago would translate to any sort of success because he just didn't play for about nine months before the season started. Mm -hmm. But he's gone out there as ready as anybody. And I think playing against that, um, you know, adult competition in Australia, he only played 12 games, I think it was. I, I just think that got him a little bit more ready to playing against grown men. And I think that's what you're seeing. But the shot, he shoots it with confidence. And, and as we said, it's not pretty, but it doesn't matter. He shoots with confidence. When he's open, he takes those shots. And the Hornets uh, are, are playing winning basketball right now as well. I mean, the Rockets are one of those teams. They've been playing well lately. But the Hornets kind of blew them out in the end last night. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and LaMelo was just so much fun to watch, playing incredibly well. 
And Eric Collins is the most perfect commentator <laughs> for the yep. Charlotte Hornets right now. I, I know Trey tweeted something last night about it. It's funny because I saw Trey tweet. I was like, damn, I was just about to tweet something like that. But now it looks like I've just kind of piggybacked off Trey's tweet. But uh, it was uh, it was a great fun game to watch last night. And, and I'm so happy for LaMelo because uh, he's really silencing any critics or any doubters. Mm-hmm. For sure. That was my tweet. I was so damn wrong about LaMelo Ball, and I couldn't be happier about it. And I mean it. Uh, I, you know, I was skeptical, like a lot of people were maybe, like of what he sort of did in Australia. Was it all that impressive? No, not really. Uh, and just the way he plays and like would it translate right away? I was, I was a hater. I was a doubter. And I'm completely wrong. I'm all in. And this is going to be the last time I'm going to say that. Uh, because, my God, it's, it's special. We talked about he's not going to be giving up his starting spot. I mean, Borrego, you, I mean, he'd be no, stupid no chance, to do that at this point. No chance. Uh, he's playing so well. He's taking care of the ball for the most part. Like that tip pass at the end of the uh, first, first quarter, quarter, I believe yeah. it was, right? Where it's chucked down to him. And he just has the awareness to tip it to Martin and tell him, like, shoot it right away, right? I mean, as the, as the time expired, hell of a shot, too. It's pretty nice. But, uh, you know, that's just like not a lot of guys would think to do that. That's just the truth. There's a handful in the league that make that play. And that's what you hear like Channing Fry and Steve Smith on NBA TV talking about like, hey, we played with a lot of good players. And, uh, you know, everybody's good in the NBA. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But there are these guys that are just a little special because they see the game a little differently. And they're a couple steps ahead in the way they're thinking. Um, and they were just, you know, talking them up like crazy, I thought, on the and rightfully so on the broadcast tray, just because they see it. Players, like former good players see it. Um, it's awesome for Charlotte. Only a true genius could have picked him for rookie of the year. <laughs> this is why you got to try new foods, Skeets, so you don't miss out on something different, something exciting that could be out there. Lamelo, I honestly think, has come to remind everybody why they're a basketball fan. He wears Larry Johnson's jersey. He's got Carmelo Anthony's nickname. He was doing the mellow celebration <laughs> last night. He's the flashiest passer since Jason Williams. He's tall like Jason Kidd or a young Sean Livingston, and he plays his game. The guy's shooting 15-foot floaters like he was doing in high school, like he was doing in Australia. He's still got the same jump shot that he had when he was a 14-year-old kid. He's doing it against NBA guys. It's super exciting, and Lee, you nailed it. You didn't want to be hyperbolic, but Eric Collins is always hyperbolic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anytime LaMelo Ball makes a shot, somehow he turns it into ba 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 <laughs> there was the three-pointer at the end of the third quarter by Malik Monk, and he hit us with a hum-diddly-dee. Yeah, I know. Pure gibberish. There was a time Miles Bridges went baseline. It looked like he was going to rise up to dunk. I think he ended up just jumping in the air and throwing the ball out of bounds, but it looked like he was going to dunk. So Eric Collins hit us with the Miles Bridges <laughs> out of bounds. He's in on it. It's a fun time. Everybody's enjoying watching him. And they feel like an NBA jam team because they do play defense. But when LaMelo's out there, he's just kind of stunting around, guarding whoever happens to be near him. It's like an amorphous zone matchup sort of thing that they do. And he's just wreaking havoc out there. Once he gets the ball in his hands, it's special stuff. Yeah. We should note out, uh, should note, Houston without a lot of their good players in this one. I mean, uh, you know, had helped the Hornets get this huge win. No John Wall, no Eric Gordon. Those guys were resting. And then Christian Wood out with the injury. Um, but yeah, Charlotte held them like scoreless without a field goal at least for like six or seven minutes straight there uh that was pretty wild final note on Lamelo. did you see after the game uh he was asked about the ball bridges connection and i guess some people are calling it airbnb yeah <laughs> yeah Melo sort of had your reaction to it trey he like he wasn't the biggest fan of it though he didn't have like much better suggestion he said mb times two mbx two because 
Miles Bridges' mellow ball. Mm. And, you know, it's not that great either. But he wasn't the biggest fan of Airbnb, which Airbnb. is pretty funny, but I'm not sure I like it either. Do you, what do you think, Lily? You're the one wearing the Hornets shirt today. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. Um, we don't need to rush to have a uh, yeah. have a connection here. Let, let's just let's just let them play some more and it'll come naturally. But, I mean, it's it's. It, it, it's topical. It's relevant. I mean, Airbnb, you know, is, is uh, something everyone knows about. I mean, it's just. I mean, this would never have existed, of course, in the nineties, could it? It couldn't have, you know, or in the early two thousands. So it's it's a modern nickname for a modern uh, uh, partnership. Yeah. Okay. Well, we would have been calling them bed and breakfast. In the, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Early 90s. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear from the, everybody in the stream team. Everybody listening to the podcast. Maybe. Do you, do you like Airbnb? Do you like MBX two? I mean, is there a Men in Black sort of like something there? I don't know. Uh, maybe you got a better suggestion for the Bridges about, Ball yeah. connection or Ball Bridges connection. I guess I should say. If this was the year two thousand, maybe you'd call them the Internet because they've got great connection. Ooh. <laughs> the <Nice> internet. <laughs> yeah, two thousand when the internet started. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's when it became really like you know, people so it's mainstream. You know, sure, sure. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with something here. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Hornets games are must watch. Not only for Lamelo the way they're playing, uh, but the broadcast duo. I actually think Del Curry is the perfect complement to a yeah. guy like Eric Collins too, because usually. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Sometimes you get the, the, the color commentator as the, the hyped one, right? Like the one going nuts. Whereas the play-by-play is a little bit more by the book <laughs> and just sort of like, you know, like, like well, Devlin's can get hilariously crazy at times too. But Jack Armstrong obviously is the more uh, energetic one, right? You know, the one with the punchier lines and stuff like that. Uh, but it, this one, it works well with Collins being the crazy one uh, and just his enthusiasm <laughs> for these calls. And then I just like how it pairs with Del Curry. I don't know why. It's something about it's great all right our next game lakers rally past the thunder 119 112 in overtime for their fifth win in a row lily big takeaway well uh this was a pretty fun game uh, and on paper it shouldn't have been close because you had pretty much uh one of the worst offenses going against pretty much the best defense in the league although no anthony davis he was out of that one uh but in the first half i like the way that the thunder just attacked that paint and got a lot of buckets inside, really tried to exploit the fact that Davis wasn't there and take advantage of Marcus Ole. And then in the second, they got hot from outside and uh, it came late. Shea Gilgis-Alexander in that fourth quarter hit a couple of big threes and then got fouled on another one. Practice your free throws, kids. Mm-hmm. He nailed all three mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and managed to send this game to overtime. But unfortunately for the Thunder, a great performance last night, but this game was just five minutes too long for them because <laughs> they only scored one basket in overtime and, uh, and the Lakers got away. And LeBron... He had a two-overtime game uh, just last week against the Pistons, and he was like, I don't want to have another double-overtime game. So the Lakers close this one out. But uh, a pretty gallant effort, I thought, overall by yeah. the Thunder. Um, and, and you wonder if, you know, like the Lakers look at this and just think, you know what, it's tough to get up for a game like this against a team we should beat pretty comfortably. And maybe they did take their foot off the gas a little bit there. But I thought uh, I thought Gilgis Alexander late in that game, again, took on, took those big shots, nailed them. And gave his team a real chance. Uh, but then it was just sort of like, all right, let's just go home, everybody, said LeBron. And uh, and the Lakers won. But a fun game. Pretty yeah. fun game. I like those games that are just kind of, they keep it close. They keep it close and they keep you interested. LeBron and the Lakers, I feel like they've done this game, I don't know, Trey, <laughs> six or seven times this year. I don't think I'm exaggerating where it's like, you know, not again, credit to the Thunder, credit to a lot of these teams that play them. But the Lakers allowed them to stick around uh, for you know, three quarters, even longer at times. And then LeBron, 
you know, just closes it out. We've said it multiple times here on the show. Yeah, I've actually taken a little bit of a Lakers break because every game feels yep. the exact same. Chill for three quarters, do some LeBron stuff, get the win. You peep the highlights, it's all going to be the same. It didn't work against the Pistons, I guess, like about a week and a half ago when the Lakers just mm-hmm. went really cold in the fourth quarter. I think the Pistons scored something like 16 straight. But other than that, once you have LeBron turning it on in the fourth quarter, putting it into MVP mode, it's tough. It's tough for every other team in the league. So, yeah, I mean, to me at this point, I just assume that LeBron's going to do some incredible stuff in the fourth quarter in overtime. And until that's not the case, if the Lakers maybe go on a little bit of a cold streak, then I'll tune in when it actually looks like they need to put in a full effort here. Because right now, the Lakers are on cruise control, still looking like the best team in the league. An incredible flip-switching team. Yeah. Switch-flipping team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we had a great hypothetical on Twitter I saw, Trey. I wanted to throw it at you. I guess this is for you too, Lee. If LeBron, this is a big, crazy hypothetical, okay? It's not going to happen, but if. If LeBron, uh, sorry, this is from at Nax Soup Bone. <laughs> uh, if LeBron, Giannis, KD, etc. skip the All-Star game, but they still have it, and they bring a ton of replacement players, and SGA makes the cut, does Skeets win the bet with Trey? Again, an insane hypothetical, but maybe a 1% chance of happening. What would happen with our bet, Trey? Like, would we have to technically count it because he would be named an all-star or is it like weird because he wasn't really going to be there and all these guys pulled out? What do you think? It'll come down to basketball reference. If they're putting the star by his name, if they're putting 2020, 2021 all-star, yep. then we're going to have to honor it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Is that fairly? I think so. Yeah. I mean, an all-star berth is an all-star berth. I mean, Devin Booker got in last year because of an injury replacement. Right. And we count you know, that. Of yeah. course. Of yeah. course. Okay. So, okay. you know, I think if you're on that all-star roster, that's good enough for me. Okay, good. I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you, at Nax Suit Bone. Uh, <laughs> next one. <laughs> Thanks to the Suit Bone. <laughs> yes. Uh, Van Vliet and Siakam lead the Raptors uh, rally to overcome the Grizzlies. They uh, turned it on late to get the victory. Trey, big takeaway. Well, this was a fun game, and we'll talk about the details in a little bit here, but the biggest news from this one, you know it. It's a big beef. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. Jonas Valanciunas had 20 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. He's an angler. That's big bass beef. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Oh, yeah. Give me the beef. Somewhere between a sloppy beef and a scrappy beef, between a Capella and an Adams, Aaron Baines was honestly just gifting Jonas Valanciunas a couple of those rebounds, missing some brutal shots underneath the basket, but I love a revenge beef. I love a throwback beef. JV, obviously a pretty traditional center. Yep. He's got, he got like eight or nine rebounds just from being the tallest guy who's standing next to the hoop. Okay, I'll jump up, I'll grab it. Also a dramatic beef. Jonas Valanciunas had 19 rebounds, with five minutes left. Yeah. But he also had five fouls. I was thinking, he's gonna get it. Gonna be throwing his body around, obviously, trying to battle out there. You saw that one where he tipped it to, uh, I think it was Bain, maybe cutting across the yeah. middle. He had a 
quite the layup. Have made some great plays. Uh, great stuff from Jonas Valanciunas, but the Raptors get the win thanks to 32 from Pascal Siakam. 12 in the fourth. He's found his footing a little yep. bit here, finding his rhythm. He's had 30 or more in four of six games for the Raptors. Still a little bit of an upsy downsy kind of a season, but he seems to have been uh, to have gotten into the flow of the NBA season this year. Things are coming a little bit easier for him, and the Raptors are making their way up the standings. I wouldn't be surprised to see him catch Indiana. Yeah, I think that's about to happen. Um, Siakam, smiling. It's nice to see him happy out there. I saw Yahoo Sports' William Liu write about it. There's such a noticeable difference, Lee, in Siakam's game when he is playing with like a little joy, a little looser, obviously. And the shots are falling, so that helps. But 32, and he banked in the triple there. Uh, and he was having a good old <laughs> laugh about that. But he's averaging 26 points per game over his last six. Um, like Trey said, some 30-pointers in there. And then like the odd, like still like a 15-er. But the defense, I think, has improved too. And uh, yeah, this is good for the Raps. They actually kickstarted this game after... <laughs> Nick Nurse got tossed right in the third quarter. I mean, that's when they went on this massive run. It was like a 27 to 5 run and the bench was into it and they turned up their defense and actually got some uh got some um some stops to turn into some transition points. So, uh I don't know, do you believe in the like uh, we've seen Pop do it before, I believe. Like sort of the purposeful like my team stinks tonight. Everything I'm saying's not clicking with them, especially defensively. I mean, the Grizzlies hung 70 on them at the half. Mm. You know, maybe if I just like get fired up here and I get tossed, that'll be, you know, why not? I have nothing else to lose. Do you think they're, uh, do you think he was planning that a little bit like Pop has definitely done before? Well, I would agree with that if he sort of went crazy on the sidelines, mm-hmm. but it was after that uh, non call on Valentunas on a little baseline move where he, where he kind of fell into uh, Fred Van Vliet. That then afterwards, Nick, Nick Nurse kind of was trying to yell at the rest, but I, as far as I could see, he still had his mask on and he had to do a little bit of a dance just to get their attention. So, <laughs> right, right. And, then, and then when he got escorted out, he wasn't still turning back and screaming and yelling. He just kind of, you know, was escorted out by the Raptor security like he was going for a stroll. So it wasn't a big emotional ejection like mm-hmm. that. I think it was just more uh, one maybe that the players decided, okay, yeah, all right, let, let's use that as our motivation because they, uh, they certainly played much better after that because they were also without Kyle Lowry, uh, for for the uh, second half there, so they had to pick it up. But yeah, great performances from guys like Siakam. Siakam was also taking uh, bullets from the uh, Grizzlies broadcast there. Anytime he hit a three, Brevin Knight was just disgusted. He was like, "Oh, twenty three percent on the season. What's he doing?" And then he and then he did he did brick one. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's more like the Siakam we know. And then oh, Siakam yeah. got Jesus. the rebound. Yeah, he was killing him. He, Siakam got the rebound or the, the, the ball again. He went up and he scored a layup and got fouled on it the old-fashioned way. So it was uh, a little bit of karma there back to Brevin Knight. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Raptors just, uh, you know, with Siakam out there playing better like this, is just quietly finding his form again. And I think that's important. I, I still believe the Raptors are a better team than their record shows right now. Um, and, uh, you know, wins like last night kind of show it. I mean, they, they, they were down and they came back and got a, a pretty convincing victory in the end. Yeah. Look, if it's the Hornets broadcast duel with Del Curry questioning Siakam's three-point shooting, right. fair enough. <laughs> Brevin Knight, I just looked it up. He shot 13% from three in his career. So shut up, Brevin. Did you say no need to question Siakam's three-point shooting. 13? I can't I thought this was a typo when I looked at it. He shot 13% in a very long career. Like, he didn't take a ton but that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Honestly, Brevin- I'm filing that stat away for later when we're talking about if the older players from uh, NBA past could play in today's NBA. 13%. Trey, Trey. <laughs> I guess Brevin Knight probably played 10 years in the league or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. probably had a side of applesauce at some point. He was an assist man, no doubt about it, but 13%. Trey, Brevin Knight played over 700 NBA games. He shot 16 for 119 from distance. 
in that career. Thirteen point four percent. That is amazing. Wow, that that's is incredible. Totally amazing. So I can't believe he has the nerve to question Siakam <laughs> shooting these. How dare you? Yeah, uh, I would say one more thing from this game because I was watching this one, of course. Um, John Morant uh, had a tough go of it. Five of seventeen. Memphis shot brutal, like overall, um, despite having a seventy in the first half. Teams are, especially the Raptors, like really are good at this, of course, right? Like take away the star player and try and make everybody else beat you. But I've seen this like over the last couple of Grizzlies games, like that is the focus. Like it's like lock in on jaw and make everyone else beat them. And it's, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how Moran handles that, how the rest of his team handles that. Cause that is the game plan. I mean, if you can slow him down through a lot of bodies at him, um, as much as you possibly can, at least he still had a decent line when you look at it at the end, but that was they were making life difficult for him, and that you know a lot of credit to like Van Vliet and all the wings guys on the Raptors that you can throw at him, despite having no OG. Um, just something to watch, I think, with the Grizz. You 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 guffawed when I said that, Lee. You saw something similar, I think. Well, yes, I did, but I also saw uh, some more just incredible highlights there from Moran. He had that crazy sort of layup with his left hand. He had that three pointer where he was trying to get the foul, and he just threw the ball at the rim. And it went in. Oh, you mean like uh, the Kyle Lowry top shot that it, I exactly. owned? Exactly. Yeah. That, that was exactly like the Kyle Lowry shot. I think that was in the playoffs when Lowry hit his, if I remember no, correctly. No, he, well, he did one uh, in the regular season too. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then yeah. he had another alley-oop where he seemed to be a little bit too far away from the rim, but his body is able to contort still and just grab it and throw it down. So, yeah, he's incredibly fun to watch. But I think if you are opposing teams you, you just try to say all right let's just make sure that it's not morant who can uh who can yeah. get hot i mean he's not he's not the sort of guy who goes out there and you know scores 40 or 50 yet he, he may become that player but he's just so effective i think with his um creativity as well with the ball he's a great pass he's got great court vision but uh yeah younger player still has to figure out a little bit of that and then you've got to trust your teammates not too bad some of those guys shooting the three especially like dylan brooks and you got him out there but uh yeah, I think I think the the uh, Grizzlies are just getting a little bit more attention from other teams because they yeah. made the play-in tournament last year and they had that uh, six-game winning streak, or was it seven? It may be earlier this season, and uh, teams are a little bit more cautious when they play them. Mm-hmm. Next game, Beal scores thirty-five as the Wizards hold off the Bulls one hundred five one hundred one for the rare win. TK, obviously, going to start with you here. Big takeaway from this one: your Bulls lose into the Wiz. Well, I regret to inform you that the Bulls were back. Oh boy. In a bad way. In a yesterday. bad way. Yeah. It was a bad. It was a bad Monday for the Bulls fans. Early in the day, we found out Lowry Markinen is going to be missing two to four weeks with a shoulder sprain. That comes on top of Wendell Carter Jr. already out for at least four weeks. Both of these guys have missed significant time in every season of their career so far. They seem to be uh, building blocks for the Bulls, but they can't play more than half a season. So it's really tough to figure out exactly how. They're going to fit alongside Zach Levine and Kobe White and Pat Williams, which is a bummer. Otto Porter was out again. He missed all of last season, felt very similar. And then the Bulls went out and had their worst loss of the season because they had trouble scoring against the Wizards. (laughs) The Wizards could not make a shot. Alex Len and Robin Lopez were running wild in the paint for the Bulls or for the Wizards. There are no Bulls bigs, so... The Wiz outscored Chicago 54-40 to 40 in the paint. In the fourth quarter, Zach Levine, 2 for 11. Not great. Zero ball movement amongst the Bulls. I do love that he went to the hole on that final play, but he's got to go a little bit stronger. Tried to make the shot. Tried to get around Alex Len. Avoided the contact. He missed it. I thought it was a good no call. You're Zach Levine, man. It's a little bit of a joke, but try and dunk on Alex Len in that situation. Mm. Go strong there. You know, Levine, I've criticized them in the past for wanting to take the step back jumper. 
which happens a lot. We saw him miss quite a few of them a couple of weeks ago when the Bulls were losing four straight. He had a shot at a bunch of these games. Finally went to the hole. I loved it, but good no call. You got to go a little bit stronger, but I mm. guess that's the difference when you're used to taking the jumpers versus driving in, blah, blah, blah. Nonetheless, it's an ugly loss. The good thing is they beat Washington twice already this season. Could be worse, but the Bulls have gone two and three against the Knicks twice, the Magic twice, and the Wizards. Yikes. Yeah. Those are the games you got to win. Those are the ones you got to stack up the W's because after this two and three stretch, the Bulls are now fifth best lottery odds. They're the fifth worst team in the wow. league. But you know, I'm keeping it positive this year, Skeets. Okay. They're only three and a half games out of fourth place in the Eastern oh, Conference. Wow. Nothing. Home court advantage is still a possibility for the Chicago Bulls, but it was a bummer day for a Bulls fan yesterday. But could be better. Maybe Lonzo Ball is coming to Chicago. That's sometime soon. That Maybe. seems to be picking up a lot of steam. But uh, not great. Not great to lose to the Wizards. Is it uh, insult to injury here? Are you the one with the leaf blower, or is that Lily? That's not my leaves. Oh uh, wow! Okay, that's mine. That's okay. mine. Again, I'm on the I'm on the second floor here, so these leaf blowers are right below my window. Great timing, guys. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, Levine said he thought, uh, quote, I thought I drove and created contact at the end there. The ref saw it differently. Everybody says, put the pressure on the rim at the end of the game. Don't settle. I thought I did that. I thought I created contact. I guess I've got to make the layup. Lee, you're always saying this. Come on, go to the rim, go to the rim. You know, but when you go to the rim at times, like this can be uh, what what happens as well. You can see why sometimes you want to maybe settle for the step back jumper because at least... You're the one deciding it, you know what I mean? Whereas you drive in there, with, uh, you know, and Trey's right. I think he could have gone a lot harder with it. Um, you know, you're putting the, you're putting it to chance a little bit at times with the whistle. And, yeah. And he didn't get it there. Yeah, but I, I would live with that shot, though, because it's like he, he did make the right move. He went inside. He saw the big guy coming, and he tried to – I think he probably just tried to finesse it and get a little bit of contact because there was clearly no contact on his arm maybe on his lower body leg because I tried to look at it a bit this morning but even Stacy King on the broadcast kind of said mm-hmm. no. I didn't I didn't see any contact there and and Zach was kind of you know appealing to the referee but I think it was more just like no you, you just you just fluffed it but I would rather have that shot than certainly like a fall away deep two-pointer or anything like that I just think that's the right move to make because you are giving yourself a chance in this case it just didn't pay off and again I think uh I think Zach he he just sort of saw the big man coming and thought, I can just lay it up around him, and uh, and, he, and he missed it. But, uh, yeah, they're going to miss Markkinen, I think, badly. I think just from the offensive end. You know, uh, Zach had another good game last night, but they need someone else who can at least shoot the ball and, 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 and you know, spread the floor out a little bit. And uh, Markkinen had been doing that this season, so that's a, that's a blow for him to yeah, do Yeah, but this is Groundhog Day with Markkinen no. and Carter oh, Jr. Yeah. I feel like Every they're always, season. when they're injured, too, they're always injured at the same time. I'd yeah. have to fact-check that, but it feels like they're, they always overlap, Trey. Am I mm-hmm. crazy to think that? No, you're not crazy yeah. to think that. They overlap a lot, or one guy will start playing really well, the other one will come back, and then the first guy goes out. Yeah. It, it's been exactly the same every season. I don't think Wendell Carter's played more than 50 games yet in his career. Uh, Markinen, I think, has done that maybe once. He's played more than 60. It's like, how do you even get a chance to evaluate these guys when they're yeah. playing out there with Zach Levine and Kobe White, who are neither natural creators who are setting these guys up? So it's tough to evaluate them in the first place, which is why I kind of think they're uh, eyeballing Lonzo Ball, somebody who can kind of hook people up for easier baskets, a little bit more of a distributor rather than Zach and Kobe, the sweet life. But uh, you never get those guys on the court at the same time. No. And it's really tough to build a team without your interior because... 
none of the Bulls guards really get inside. Like, Levine went to the hole hard there at the end, but he's a jump shooter. Kobe White prefers to shoot jumpers. Thaddeus Young, he'll shoot a nice little flip shot at the rim, but without those two, you should not be getting dominated inside by Alex Len and Robin Lopez. These are two backup centers. The Raptors didn't even want Alex Len. They said, get out of here, buddy. And the guy was the biggest play just because he's seven feet tall. Like, just get another seven-footer. Daniel Gafford really struggled last night, fouled trouble all night. He made the longest shot of his career. Where were you when Daniel Gafford made a 19-footer? I'll never forget. (laughs) But he kept getting in foul trouble. They needed him just for his energy and height out there. It was a bad one for the Bulls. Tuck it in. Get the next one. All right, final game here. Murray and DeRozan guide the Spurs past the Warriors, 105-100. We got to start right at the end of the game, though, with this one. Warriors down three. Ball on the side, about nine seconds to go. You got the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. You can go ahead and roll this if you want, JD. And the ball is going to get inbounded to Draymond Green because they did a great job, the Spurs did, of like, you know, really, you know, fronting Curry there. So there it goes to Draymond. Again, there's lots of time. What's he doing? What are you doing? He shoots the half court <laughs> shot at the end of regulation because he thought he was going to get fouled there by Derek White. Um, but not a great decision. Uh, and I mean, the, the, it's it's so eerily reminiscent of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode where Carlton sort of steals the ball from Will Smith, who had been on fire, hadn't missed all game. And uh, he lets it go. You think he's going to be the hero. Yeah, you got it, Carlton. That's going to drop. Everybody's going to love you. And he misses by about 10 feet. Um, very, very similar. <laughs> we got a bootleg version of that there with the uh, subtitles. Uh, but... Was he just, he just, I think he just, he's a smart player. We know that. He's one of the smartest players in the league. Is this, was him just, this him just outthinking himself here lately on Draymond again? <laughs> like White sort of goes to reach for a second and pulls back right away. And Draymond's thinking, well, they're going to foul me. I'm a brutal free throw shooter. So why wouldn't they? They're up three. And maybe I'll get the three free throw attempts to tie this. And instead, uh, there's no foul, of course. And he just bricks the bomb and you have yeah. Steph Curry on your team what do you think yeah well Draymond actually finished with seven points ten rebounds and ten assists so he was actually just trying to stat stuff for the oh, wow. uh, <laughs> as well but the, the problem is like you say st- actually Draymond has got a very high basketball IQ he always understands sort of the game situation I, I guess he just sort of felt that White was there and he's going to throw it up but he had so much time that even <laughs> still I'm surprised that he's just still let go of the ball that with Steph out there Steph's been on fire lately uh, he was again on fire last night, had another six threes, and it's like you had enough time to sort of pull out and just, I mean, clearly the play was to go to Steph. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he just had a brain fart in that one time, but uh, you have to just allow him that because he's made some incredible plays for that team and made some uh, incredible, you know, basketball plays throughout his career. He just got it wrong on that one, and he was uh, embarrassed about it. He was after about it after the game, and uh, what did your teammates say to you? He just said, Bam. <laughs> yeah again i think he just was like he, he was like doing like a, a chris paul a lowry like uh oh they're gonna foul me here so i'll, I'll make it three shots because they're like why wouldn't they foul me i was just at the line i just did a poorly I just there. missed two yeah, yeah exactly so they're gonna foul me again and uh hey at least i'll get to redeem myself and make it three shots maybe tie this game but uh smart move by white to uh he li- literally puts his head and then just pulls yeah. it right back and it, that was enough to get draymond Trey. i thought it was a super overthink by draymond even yeah. the the Warriors broadcast was like Greg Popovich never fouls up three. Mm. Never. Think back to the what 2013 finals. They were up three. The Ray Allen shot could yep. have fouled then. They didn't. The Heat got two three pointers off. Made one of them. The rest is history. If Bob Fitzgerald knows that the Spurs aren't going to foul, Draymond Green should know that the Spurs are going to foul 
He called it the smartest dumb play of all time. That was indeed a dumb play. <laughs> it was rough. And look, Spurs, nice win. DeJounte Murray, 27 points, 10 boards, 8 steals. Yeah. That's a season high for anyone this year in the league. 8 steals, that's a lot. Uh, I almost regretted not giving him whoa boy. Because that's a good damn line. And 8 steals, you just don't see that often. But LeBron just did LeBron things. Anyway, he also hit a huge shot, Lee. Murray, step back, corner, about 12 seconds ago. Gave the Spurs a four-point lead, sort of iced the game in the end. I absolutely love the Spurs lineup, too. Um, and it's because of injury that they ran with it. But Murray, Derek White, DeRozan, Keldon Johnson, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Purtle. Purtle, we talked about LaMelo. I'm going to throw this out there. Like, LaMelo coming into the starting lineup because of injury. And then, like, ah, I don't know if you can make take him out. Purtle might make a case for himself here if he continues to play he does. You know... He's good, man. I loved him as a Raptor. He's obviously still young. Double-double. He's just, like, perfect for the rest of the team. He's just, like, a great, solid guy. 14-11, and 11, couple on the offensive end, 7-9 and nine from the floor. And then he had four blocks, and I point that out because if you can get a little rim protection from him, then it allows Murray to go wild on the perimeter and Vassal and White, and they can play super aggressive because you know you got a guy that can maybe clean up some mistakes behind you. But I like that lineup. Uh, and I like Pirtle maybe in there. And I, I'm a I'm an Aldridge fan, don't get me wrong, but I wonder if the Spurs really do look to move him because I don't think they would miss him that much. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. Uh, and I think you could get something for him too, something juicy to uh, either either assets to build for the future or even maybe another young player. But what do you think, Lily? Am I going crazy there with the moving off of Aldridge because I'm in love with the Pirtle? I, I think the Spurs should move on from DeRozan and Aldridge, really, because I think they've got a pretty good young pieces there in their core. Uh, DeJounte Murray defensively is fantastic. He's so active. You know, so those eight steals, it's it's not a huge surprise if you watched him play because he's got those huge long arms as well, mm-hmm. really gangly arms. He gets in the way. But that three-point shot at the end, he said, you know, I work on that with Chip England. Mm-hmm. And so, that, like, it's not a shock for him to hit that shot uh, and, to, and to give the Spurs the lead uh, at the end, basically seal the game. But it's funny, you know, we were talking about Eric Collins and Del Curry earlier in the night with uh, LaMelo Ball. Uh, Bill Land, the Spurs play-by-play commentator, he's the opposite when Steph Curry hits threes. <laughs> he was just devastated last night. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of threes where it's just like, oh, and it goes to Curry and he hits it. There was that one where at the end of the first quarter where uh, he was dancing around uh, Rudy Gay. Just yeah. a gorgeous uh, play from Stephen Curry, and it goes in. So, oh, man, someone give Bill Land a hug, man. It's all right. It's just a three-pointer at the end of the quarter. It's not the game end, huh? Right. You won the game, <laughs> and then, man. And then there was another play where uh, I think it was late in the fourth quarter as well. The ball, you know, on a bit of a broken play, ends up to Curry. He gets it. And he knocks it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's the opposition on the call. I, I mean, know, but it's just, uh, it's just, it's just so, so sad listening to him. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's Steph Curry. That's not, you know, that's not like a guy who's a thirteen percent shooter hitting. Yeah, it's not Brevin right out there. Exactly. No. Yeah. I don't know what Bill Land's three point percentage is, but I'm assuming it's not very high. Uh, yeah. Anything uh, to add to this one, Trey? Uh, the Spurs no. win over the Warriors? No. You got your Warriors shirt on. I didn't know if that was a tough loss for you there last night. <laughs> your Warriors no dunks. I just couldn't wear the Bulls one today. I couldn't. Couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it. Fair enough. Fair enough, my man. All right, we're gonna get to the up down report. Got a few fun ones, but first, quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. 
Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's get to the up-down report. First one. Sorry, J.D., I paused there because I didn't know if there was a sting. I couldn't remember if there was. <laughs> uh, there is. I just There's so many things in this thing now. What do you mean? Sad. There's so many things there's in this so thing. There's so many things in the there's so many videos. <laughs> I just can't find oh there it is. <laughs> you want it? Yeah, okay, let's get yeah, to let's the up down report. Yeah, let's do it. Preparing your to this. It's the up down report. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear this dubstep in my Raycons walking around. Hey, this is Lee Ellis. These are my top five <laughs> dubstep songs <laughs> listening. <laughs> Lee Ellis again, yeah, what's all right, first one, guys. According to Bleacher Report, the Toronto Raptors could trade Kyle Lowry around the deadline. Yeah, we're talking about the GROAT, the greatest Raptor of all time. Jake Fisher, he wrote on Monday on Bleacher Report, quote, there is a portion of Raptors personnel, league sources said, that believes the franchise should bid its beloved all-star farewell and begin Toronto's next chapter in earnest. End quote. So, Lily, get us started. Up or down, on the idea that Masai Ujiri and the Raptors would look to move Lowry this season, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I'm up on that they would look to move it. But uh, when I read this article, there wasn't actually much more than just like, "Hey, maybe the Raptors will trade him." It's like, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they will. I mean, there is a portion of Raptors personnel. Yeah, but you know what? That doesn't. I don't really buy that because you know why? The Raptors. There are no leaks that come. That's out of That's right. They're like a John boat that Trey just exactly. bought. Yeah. <laughs> they, like Masai and Bobby Webster, they keep things so tight there. So you know, saying maybe they will trade him. Of course, maybe they will trade him. But I, I don't think you're going to see. I know because Masai and Kyle have had at some time what tenuous relationship. But I don't think you're going to see Masai trade him just for the sake of trading because he can to go to a team that's not going to be anywhere near contention or, or a playoff team at least. So I think if he does do it, it would have to make sense for the Raptors. Um, it, it wouldn't just be a sort of spite trade or anything like that. I, I, so I, I don't know. I just, I, I think, not. I think, I, I mean, like when I read it. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, right? What I was trying to say is. Get him out of here. I was, I was hoping to see some sort of like, well, this team has expressed interest and, in you know, but there was none of that. It was just like, I spoke to a coach. He said, yeah, they should. Yeah, they should. Hmm. Maybe they will. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think the Raptors are as bad as, uh, as their, their position is right now. And I think, hmm. again, come playoff time. Uh, as the season progresses, they're going to be one of those teams. I don't think they're a championship contender, but I, I, I certainly think they're one of the tougher teams you don't want to meet in the playoffs. Okay, but couldn't you say that Lowry on the right team makes that team in a, into a championship contender? Or even more so than they already are? Sixers, Clippers, many other teams. Yeah, I mean, Lowry, I mean, it, yeah. we know what he can do at the point guard position, and he's obviously done it in the playoffs. Like He takes a team to the next level, does he not? He, he does, but again, he's got a big contract and the Clippers yeah. have certainly got no assets in terms of trade capital there to trade. Um, uh, you know, so I'm not sure what the Raptors get in, in return, just some dead money contracts. I don't I don't think that's the point. And if you're the Sixers, I mean, 
you're obviously not going to give up Ben Simmons for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of that, again, there's there's nothing sort of to me. Uh, maybe a first round pick if the Sixers become desperate and they think he can put them over the line. I guess that's in play. But uh, it just doesn't seem that's going to happen right now. Maybe things will change as the season goes on. But I don't I don't feel like there's anything um, imminent here with Masai Ujiri and the Raptors. I think they'd rather just keep the team together and go with what they've got for this season myself. What do you think, Trey? Um, I'm basically with Lee on this one. I don't necessarily think that the Raps are going to trade Kyle Lowry because to me, they're actually climbing up the standings. I think that they're going to be a for sure top six playoff team. There's an outside chance that they could be hosting playoff games down there in Tampa. I think they could even get up to number four. But, you know, if this isn't the greatest Raptor of all time, if this isn't Skeets calling out this random member of the front office wanting to fight him, this makes a lot of sense, right? You're talking about a guy who's late in his career, who's mm-hmm. still obviously a pretty solid player. He's on a big contract, $30 million. But if you're a sicko, you can get into the trade machine and figure out some ways to make things happen. I was doing a stupid four-team trade last oh. night with Kyle Lowry going to the Sixers, Nick Vucevic coming to the Raptors. I got so deep huh. into it, and then wow. I was like, whatever. I got to go make a big beef mixtape here. This doesn't make any sense to me. I got to figure out Tyrese Maxey. I couldn't do it all, man. I'm not a Picasso out there. I'm a Matisse. Mm. But anyways, it does make sense that some team would be interested in Kyle Lowry. He's certainly the kind of piece that can help take you to the next level. There are places where he would fit. But I kind of think that Lowry leaving the Raptors is going to be and should be his call. If you're ready to go try mm-hmm. and win a championship in another place... Fair enough. Thank you for your service. We're going to build you a statue eventually. Uh, Go win another championship. Raptors fans will be very happy about that. If you decide you want to stick around for the rest of this season, look at another team in free agency in the summer. That's fine, too. Help us try and make the playoffs. It's your call, buddy. Yep. That's exactly how I feel about it. I think if Lowry is the one saying, yeah, I'd like to go try and win another title here and I don't like our chances with the Raps, then then sure, then maybe you explore moving him and he's still a trade ship that you can. Because you also, as the Raptors, look, all your money is, it's tied into really three guys, right? Uh, you know, Lowry has a big contract now, but moving forward, he's coming off the books. It's Van Vliet. It's OG and it's Siakam with the huge deal. So, you know, also you're not going to be throwing around $30 million at Lowry at this point in his career. But it's all up to him. Uh, You know, never say never. I mean, I see some people saying there's no way Masai Ujiri would do this. Well, you probably were saying the same thing when DeRozan got traded, right? Like, it's this is a business and if their whole goal is to win a title and they like their chances and to set their franchise up for the coming years, then of course they're going to move anyone. Any team really would. Um, but to, to, to some extent. But I think it all comes down to Lowry. And it's not an easy deal to move. You're right, Lily, Because mm. like in terms of like what you're getting back, you're going to... Of course, if the Raptors ever did look to trade them, they're going to want either really young promising guys or obviously some picks and but then you've got to still make the money work with some of these contracts to uh to to move off of what what, what salary 30 million or something like that so yeah that's not easy but we'll see i'll never say never i wouldn't want to see him go but i also wouldn't i wouldn't honestly be upset if he wanted to i mean he's earned that right to me uh he he helped to bring them a chip but i don't think he will either i I think it's much more likely in the offseason maybe electing to go somewhere else because someone else falls in love with Lowry and is willing to give him even more money because they think he could sort of push them over the edge. We'll keep our eye on it, though. The rumors are going to start coming, uh, you know, hot and heavy here over the next couple weeks. I was wondering, you said you brought up the trade machine there, Trey. Should we get, like, Blake Murphy on here and just do, like, a, like a specific Raptors... Lowry trade machine podcast or something sure. like that. We could do something like that. We'll reach out to Blake or Eric Kareen at the Athletic. Those guys are fantastic. Maybe. All right, final one. 
Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett recently told David Marchese of the New York Times that he doesn't believe guys from the previous generation could hack it in today's game. In fact, he offered a lot of praise for a number of current stars. Quote, this is Kevin Garnett. Steph Curry revolutionized things with being able to shoot it from distance with such consistency. Clay Thompson, Dame Lillard, these guards changed the game. I don't even know if guards from 20 or 30 years ago could play in this time right here. It's creative. It's competitive. It's saucy. You'll get dropped. Uh, expletive. We'll cross you over and break your ACL these days. The game is in a great place. End quote. You're telling me Kevin Garnett used an expletive? Yes, I know. That's crazy, yes. man. You're crazy. Are you up or down on KG's comments, Trey? Because, again, this is... Uh, this is a little different. We usually are talking about these uh, old legends complaining about how the league is soft or these players couldn't hack it back when they played, but this is the opposite. What do you think from KG? I'm up and down because Skeet, you just told me that Brevin Knight shot 13% from three in his career, and I don't think that's cutting it in today's NBA, but this is an awesome read. There's interesting stuff on the difference here uh, between David Stern and Adam Silver. Yep. There's some stuff on why teams need veterans around to teach them about the business of the NBA, not just the basketball of it. And then obviously there's this whole passage about him honoring today's young guys. I love him talking about the creativity and, and ambition you need to be a great offensive player in this league. The fadeaways, the one-leg runners, the one-leg balance shots. Oh, I love hearing him talk about it. The league certainly is more talented there are a bunch of the guys from the 90s, the 2000s, the 1980s who couldn't play today. A Craig Elo, a Brevin Knight, whoever it is. But there's a lot of players from the past 20 to 30 years who could play to get, could play today. Like, for instance, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett would be amazing in today's NBA. Surely he would shoot threes instead of the 20 to 22 footer yep. that he was so famous for. But I remember back when Kevin Garnett was coming up, people said, Get in the post, man. You're shooting too many perimeter jumpers. Now everybody shoots perimeter jumpers. All the tall guys handle the ball. Everybody grabs the ball off the glass, brings it up the court. Big guys should be able to guard one through five. A guy like Kevin Garnett, ironically enough, would be a perfect player in today's NBA. He was great when he played. He would probably be even better today. But it's just nice to see a refreshing take from somebody on today's NBA, recognizing that, yeah, Every single player, one through 450, is talented these days. Mm -hmm. You look at down the rosters of basically every team, and almost every team has a 20-point-per-game score. That wasn't the case 20 years ago. Basketball has gotten a little bit easier offensively, which I think KD is, or KG is certainly hinting at here. The yep. defense has gotten a little bit softer, so it's easier to score. And he's saying that, too. Like, I probably would fall out of a lot of games. That's probably true, because you were a handsy defender, but... I don't think every player who played in the 1990s would be outclassed in today's NBA. The most athletic guys back then would still be incredible athletes in today's game. And it's also fun to just think about what these players would look like if they grew up in today's uh, NBA. You know, Trey Young, he plays exactly like Steph Curry. But if John Stockton is the biggest point guard of the day back in the 1990s, maybe he comes in and all he's doing is setting people up and mm. shooting four or five threes a day. The game has changed. Kevin Garnett recognizes it. But... It's funny that even he can't see how awesome he would be in today's league. Yeah. 
that part is funny. It is cool. Like Garnett really is, uh, from what I can remember, he's like joining Iverson here, Lee, for like legends that are complementary to today's game and today's players more than maybe criticizing uh, the action and, and what these guys can do. What are you? What are your thoughts on KG's comments? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things you hear a lot about is the hand check rule, saying that in the old days, mm-hmm. you know, you could put a hand on your defender and that makes all the difference. And it makes a difference, no doubt. But what also is different between today's game and the game in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s is that Steph Curry, as you saw last night and as we've seen for his basically his entire career, but it recently no one was shooting uh, the way that Steph shoots so far away off the dribble uh, so accurately ever before in NBA history. You know, I mean, no one was stepping back. You had guys like Ray Allen who would off the, you know, catch and shoot maybe from a few feet behind the three-point line would hit a couple of threes. But Steph Curry, as a part of his offensive game, is like, and Lillard's the same. You know, there's other players who are doing it as well. Like three, four, five feet from behind the three-point line, shooting them just casually and confidently. And it's like, it's an okay shot. It's a good shot in the game. That was always like considered a bad shot the further you are away from the game. So, you know, someone like Isaiah Thomas, who I was a big fan of growing up, you know, one of my heroes. And I used to talk to him when we were at NBA TV. And he said, you know, I would just, you know, I'd get up in Steph's face and I'd have my hand on him like it doesn't like if you watch Steph now, it doesn't matter how close the defender is. Steph can create that own space for himself and hit step back and hit those shots from a mile away, you know. And another guy like Clay Thompson, who unfortunately we haven't seen here for the last couple of seasons. I mean, at six foot eight, he's got the quickest release uh, that you can you can imagine for a player. And it's funny because when we were able to go to games up close, and and, and I saw a lot of the Warriors uh, through our time again at NBA TV. Anytime I would see Clay Thompson pregame or in the morning shoot around, I was always shocked at just how quickly he was able to get his uh, shot off and get that release to that perfect point, which was almost unguardable. And that's also something we never saw. We never saw a six eight guy shooting threes like like Clay Thompson did back in the day. And now that's becoming common that guys are coming into the league and they're able to shoot those threes. So. Yeah, the game has definitely evolved. Uh, It's changed the way the offense is, and it is good to see someone like Kevin Garnett, who kind of came, he kind of bridges the 90s and the current era now, Mm -hmm. recognizing that, um, you know, the game is just so much different, and and it's harder, and a lot of guys wouldn't be able. Kevin Garnett, interesting as well, as a three-point shooter, I'm surprised he didn't shoot more threes, because early on in his career, it looked like he was establishing somewhat of a consistent three-point shot there. You know, in his third, fourth, and fifth season, he he only shot like 30, 19, and then 37 as far as uh, made. But he shot a decent percentage, like over 30%. So um, I'm surprised that he wasn't able to sort of develop that a little bit more and make that a bit more of a a staple for his game. But he kind of went away from it Mm -hmm. uh, more throughout his career. But it's really just refreshing to hear a guy basically just say, the game is great now and it's tough as well, and it's hard. And I'm not sure if every guy would be able to make it in the NBA who played in the 90s and, and vice versa, you know? So um, that yeah, is... It's impossible to say. And I think when we say that too, we need to forget about the star players like a little bit. Like, and you were sort of saying it, Trey. Like, look, Larry Bird could play fine in today's game. Like, uh, I think we would all agree with that. And all these stars in the 80s could. I Like Isaiah Thomas, he's going to figure it out. He's going to probably add a three-point shot. He's that good. Like, blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's like, it, it, I'm more intrigued like by the ninth, 10th, 11th guys is that level at a different level in today's game? Maybe it's not. I mean, again, we have no really way to know, but I think it is. I do because of, I think these guys are asked to do a little bit more, especially when it comes to shooting the ball and having a bit of a handle and being a bit more of a playmaker and try defensively. I I just think at that level, when you get deep on the rosters, I think the level is, and it makes sense because the game is like, you know, um, 
has just taken the next step that these guys that are 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th guys, like they're better. In my opinion, they are. The star guys, of course. The star guys are going to be the stars in the 80s, 90s, yeah. 2000s. Like that's a no-brainer. It's these other guys to me. I don't know if you agree. It sounded like you did, Trey, when you were talking about going down the rosters. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think you're exactly right that the the era of the one-trick pony is kind of gone, right? Like, you're not seeing a lot of just Reggie Evans out there or Jeff right. Fosters, who all you do is be a big guy who grabs rebounds. You got to be able to do kind of everything out on the court, which is why you see these players come in off the bench due to the COVID protocols, and you're still getting 15 a game from C.J. Ellaby, a guy you've never heard of, but right. he's got skills because he's... A, a modern athlete and can shoot the ball. And that isn't, yeah. hasn't always been the case. Back in the day, you had a lot of guys who just happened to be very, very big. And there's still a lot of big guys around, but uh, it's not the same. My favorite part from this, though, was KG describing how physically tough the game is. He says, I want you to get on a court, sprint corner to corner, stop on a dime and shoot a three. I want you to do 10 of these. Then I want you to focus on how tired you are. All I could think about was Lee Ellis. He would love to sprint to a corner and shoot <laughs> oh, yeah. 10 threes with Kevin Garnett yelling at him. He would love it. Uh, KG was great when we had him there in, uh, in Turner, just uh, seeing him off camera. I wish he was the off-camera personality when he was on camera because I, uh, I think he was trying to be a little bit too you know, TV-like when he was on TV. But off camera, some of the stuff we would hear from him was just gold. Absolute gold. That guy, but, uh, that guy is always amped. Oh my he is God. like ex- he is like maybe not on television. You're right at times, Lee. Lee, you can't drop f bombs left and right either. Yeah, like, but you got to bring the energy though that he that he. Yeah, had. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Remember true. when he was telling us at the All Star Weekend how in the summer when he was, I think he was in the NBA already, but some of his friends used to get together and they would lower the rim. Right, right, and, right. And, and so they could all practice, you know, they could all play and they could dunk each other and talk trash and stuff. I mean, the way that he described that story, and he, yeah. you go, oh, we go lower it down, man. Like He's this, man, an animated out. guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can see why he was a dominant uh, yeah. player for sure, barking out orders defensively. Uh, That's great. Okay, so go read that if you haven't. Uh, you're right, Trey. There's a lot of cool stuff in that, uh, that New York Times article with kg is it because he has a book coming out is that what he was coming yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's what i thought i read uh all right let's take one more break here victorinox the makers of the original swiss army knife have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges mastering functionality innovation iconic design and uncompromising quality with its products the victorinox swiss army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get to uh, tweet. Yeah. What, what, what's wrong? I, I was just going to say, I, you know, speaking of 100% um, money back guarantees, I wish uh, the Cure actually offered a 100% money back guarantee for when they put on a show at the Air Canada Centre. I would have absolutely put in a request and said, not happy, give me my money back. That bad, eh? Yep. <laughs> wow. That could probably uh, expensive too. One of the best concerts I've ever seen. 
at the uh, Canada Center? Hanapin. Uh, it was Hanapin. at the uh, CNE uh, Exhibition Stadium back oh, before wow. it was uh, BMO. So My you had concert. a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When, when was that, JD? Uh, it would have been 1985 ish. Oh, yeah, okay. They still had some energy then. They no, still had, no, they, they still just stood there and played the songs, but that's what we love. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm talking 2010. They were like, you know, we got to do this again, do we? You All send right. that, you sent us that clip of uh, Billy Joel doing yes. Uptown Girl. Ah. It, yours, you were couldn't have been further away. Like, it, I was watching it going, this is hell. There's no way I would pay to see this concert. You couldn't even see the stage. You were beside yeah, you, the stage. You were in the nosebleeds on the uh, side of the stage. Yeah, I, I was. I was. I, I guess you just couldn't uh, tell. It didn't feel that bad uh, when I was there. I mean, it was. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't get close to tickets because I bought tickets the day of. Because mm. uh, that was the day after Bon Jovi was at Wembley, and I was like, uh, I was wondering what's happening today, and it was like Billy Joel. Oh my God, Billy Joel. All right, yeah, boom. Bought tickets, and then the Eagles played on the Sunday night. I almost had the trifecta <laughs> wow. at the uh, at the uh, Wembley Stadium there, but. Ah oh, man, what a show that was! Yeah. All right, but the cure not so great yeah. in 2010 at the ACC. No. Yeah, how much were those tickets? Do you remember? Uh, fifty bucks, I suppose. I don't oh, know. Wow. I mean, if you haven't won at the ACC, you know, I would think it's at least fifty bucks. Yeah, were you close for that one? Yeah, it was on the ground. In fact, like oh, ground level, man. ground level. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Could have thrown a box of magic spoon and hit them <laughs> so close to her. I would have got out my magic spoon, started eating it, and saying, "Listen, this is a this is a, a company that stands behind its product. Not like you guys up there. You're just singing these songs. Sure, I know the songs. I like them. You're not lip syncing. I'll give you that. But give me a little. Give me a little something. Yeah, come on, yeah. entertain me. Just need a little right. shimmy, a little shimmy, a little shake. Yeah, yeah just give me something. Uh, me. But wouldn't it be weird to see Robert Smith shimmying and <laughs> carrying on up there? <laughs> it's not his face. I just wanted him to look like he he was actually happy to be there. You know, I've, uh-huh. I've never seen John Bon Jovi sort of come out on stage like, oh, shit, here we go again. Uh, uh, noted happy guy, that. Robert Smith of the Cure. <laughs> I <Yeah>. know. <laughs> That's sort of his thing, Lee. It'd be weirder if he came out. I know, but but energy, you can still bring energy. No, no, it's goth, man. It's it's like, no, we don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. Here are the songs. And we all love it. We love it. Uh, they went a little too mainstream to st- to sort of stay with that goth like vibe, you know. Yeah. It's like their songs they- are too good. Their songs are too good. Yeah, they got to be. Bauhaus I like their songs. Listen, listen. I, I I still love their music. I still love their music. I just wouldn't go and see them again. I just yeah. you know, they they hurt me. You know. Hi, this is Lee Ellis, and these are my top five happy Cure songs. <laughs> Only on Sirius XM Cure Station. I've got the Cure. Uh, uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. So this one's, uh, this one's fun because I had Tweet of the Night duties. I was getting ready to uh, share my tweet, but we were right before we were going to go live. Lisa, said, do you have a tweet? Oh, of course I got a tweet. I do my homework. I got something here. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Something's coming in late here. I might have something. <laughs> so, uh, what is it? Is it good? I think I said, is it good? And you're like, it's really good. I think we should do it. I said, okay, look, mine's not amazing. Why don't you take it? So Lee... You you have bogarted the tweet of the night. <laughs> I hope it's a good one. What do you have? I've got two great tweets, and this okay. is actually a bit of a throwback here because remember what an annual tradition was always Magic Johnson listing off oh God. his MVP candidates. Well, yep. he's back because he couldn't do it really when he was the Lakers president. There, it was like uh, 
uh, tampering somewhat. Yeah. So he stopped doing that. But he basically quit the Lakers presidency just so he could tweet again. And this is why. <laughs> He's actually improved it as well. He's got tier of candidates here. So the yes. tier one MVP candidates this season are LeBron James, yep. Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, KD, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard. Great. Okay. Great. Okay. But he's also got tier two. No, candidates. we could have stopped there, Magic. That was a lot of guys. <laughs> tier you don't one, need perfect. to do this. Oh, perfect. Tier two MVP candidates. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my Jaylen goodness. Jalen Brown, Damian Lillard, AD, Paul George, Jason Tatum, and Bradley Beal. Wow. <laughs> it's you. You're the ghostwriter for Magic Johnson's tweets. Yeah. It's official. Bradley Beal? Yeah, I know. Well, you know I mean, what? Tier I, two. I, Fair enough. It, you know, it, it is hard to uh, pretend that it's not me writing those because even for Luka Doncic, he put in those little, you know, I don't know what they're called above his uh, names, in, the letters above his name in the surname there. JD, if you can bring that one up again, just the first one there. Yes, he, he um, copy and pasted from Basketball Reference. Yeah, but that that actually takes effort there. You know, Jokic yeah. as well, the little accent. I'm not, I, I know it's not called an accent on the, on the first C in Doncic there. It's called something else uh, mm-hmm. from the Slovenian language. But uh, that would be me. I would definitely do that. I want to. You know what's sure so I'm... weird about that one? He goes with KD, <laughs> but then spells yeah. Giannis's full name. I know. I know. Just I go know. Giannis, man. Yeah. <laughs> weird. But uh, yeah, the Bradley Beal is probably along the uh, Hassan Whiteside level that he put in there one time. The oh, Hassan wow. Whiteside. <laughs> no, no, that, that's that's disrespectful to Beal. I mean, I can even like pretend that he's in a tier two MVP conversation. Whiteside being involved in any MVP conversation. Is a uh, joke. Yeah. Okay. Uh, magic as well. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna save you the trouble now. But he also had his uh, rookies who were impressing him oh. uh, this season. After Lamelo Ball last night had such a great game, of course, he was also impressed by these rookies. Okay, <laughs> James Wiseman, Emmanuel Quickly, yep, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> oh well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, no no, uh, Patrick Williams? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's Lakers don't have a rookie, do they? Um, oh, uh, well, THT's not a rookie, is he, I guess? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, right. man. Man, magic. All right, well, wow. I mean, the crazy part is that was better than my tweet, so good stuff. Pick them results from last night. We didn't talk about this game. Uh, Milwaukee and Denver. Bucks were favored by four and a half, and they got the job done. It was a it pulled away at the end. Pretty dominant performance from Chris Middleton, who is balling, man, right now. He was special in this one. No Drew Holiday, and uh, Jamal Murray had a rough go of it. But so that's a win. Milwaukee for Trey, his first victory of the month. You're one and five, and you're right in this, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Lee two and four, as you had the Bucks as well. Tass and I took the L last night, so Tass is two and four. He's tied with Lee, and I'm three and three. Five hundred leads this whole thing. So, tonight's game, it is Philly-Sacramento. Oh, the Red Hot Kings. Philly, favored by five and a half on the road. This is the latest game of the day or the night. Uh, Something like seven games on. We got TNT doubleheader, Rockets, Pelicans, Celtics, Jazz. But Sixers-Kings is the one we're focusing on. Philly, by five and a half, their favorites on the road. Kings are hot, Lili. Where are you going? Oh, yeah. I'm going to believe in the Kings here. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I think they've got five points there to play with against the Sixers. Sixers are playing really well. No injuries either. Uh, Embiid has been great lately, but uh, I don't know. I just saw the Kings over the weekend. I think they're seven of eight now they've won. I think they can keep this one close enough. Okay, so you're taking uh, Sacramento, Sacramento plus five and a half. Yes. So uh, what do you have, Trey? 
I'm going to go with the Sixers. I'm assuming Embiid's going to play. They're a little bit better rested than the Kings are. I think this is the third game in four nights for Sacramento. They've been balling. It's a little bit of a big line, five and a half points, but I'll go Philly. I'm going with Trey. And I love the Kings, but uh, Kings do play a lot of a lot of close games, so that's why mm. you can fall in love with this line, even if you don't think they'll win. But we've also seen them just get their ass handed to them earlier in the year, and I like that whole rested thing there. I'm gonna go with Philly to win this by six or more. Let's find out who Tass says. This is the Seth Curry revenge game. He played for the Kings early in his career when he really couldn't find his way with one team. He's gonna have a big one. Give me Philly. Good, good news for Lily. Uh-huh. You've got the accidental swerve going with pre-swerve. Pre-swerve. You are the only one taking Sacramento to keep it close. You got the points to play with, like you said. Everybody else has Philly to win by six or more. All right, guys. Anything else to add before we go here? I'm loving that hat tray. I should have said that off the top. Is that a corduroy? Hat. It looks oh, like it has the yeah. feel. Oh, yeah. Corduroy hat. Had to bend it like a beastie boy. Otherwise, mm. it wasn't going to fit my big old head with all this hair. Corduroy hats. Up or down on corduroy hats? I am up. And you just reminded me. And I accidentally closed it before I could take a screen grab. It was an Instagram ad I got yesterday. I think they're making, Trey, Carhartt NBA hats. Oh, baby. Yeah. I... I Again, I did one of those things where I opened my IG and I was like, you know, it's a stupid ad or whatever. So I scrolled by it or whatever. I closed it and I'm like, oh my God, I think that was a Carhartt NBA hat. And I couldn't, I tried to find it, but you know, it's like, you can't literally search for ads. So I was like, I hope this pops back up. Maybe me just saying it out loud. My phone is listening. So hopefully I'll get that Carhartt. NBA hat. I can't. I'm gonna that. definitely do some googling. To, Please do. To unearth a Bulls Carhartt for a hardworking man it, like myself down at the factory. <laughs> yeah, it looked. I gotta say, it looked cool. It was like that that uh, that color of all their Brownish, yeah. of all their fabric. <laughs> uh, then it had the logo. So yeah, if you're if you're in the stream team right now and you find the uh, Carhartt NBA hat, let me know. Maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. Okay, email us your NBA questions for tomorrow's beach step and podcasts. No dunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. You better get us to 30,000 or there is no NBA happy That's hour. right. That's I'm, right. I'm not kidding about that. Uh, we need a, uh, something like 200 more people. So let's get there. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. We saw Tass wearing a nice new No Dunks hoodie. I got one on. Trey's got a shirt on. There's a lot of new stuff there. So go to nodunks.com, get your No Dunks merch, and Subscribe to The Athletic for $3.99 a month for the best damn sports writing in the world. Podcast ad-free. You, too, could be a part of the Athletic Podcast universe. The <laughs> APU. So go to theathletic.com slash nodunks to sign up for, again, $3.99 a month. That is an awesome deal. All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, shout out to all the Gregs from No Gregs Inc. joining us in the stream team on International Greg Day, February 9th, on your Gregorian calendar. Whoa! International Gregs! Embrace the Greg people. You could stay. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. 
Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.